When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Colts, Broncos. Last time we saw Indy, oof, versus Tennessee. Last time we saw Denver, woof, versus the Raiders. You know, this was the play that made film study all week. While you all mock Garrett Bowles, Mr. Bowles, you don't have to explain anything. Everybody needs to get up to your level here. Also, the Mets, DeGrom, DeGamble. Let's go around the horn. Oh. I didn't really think he thought he could take it there. I don't care. You gotta get how many 4-3 guys were in that video? None. Just Garrett Bowles. Love him forever. A forever. Jonathan Taylor out for the Indianapolis Colts tonight. Russell Wilson says he's good to play. Javante Williams out for the year for the Broncos. Melvin Gordon's fumbling issues right back on the flame. And Matt Ryan, upright for the moment, nine fumbles this season. Both teams not where they wanted to start this season. Can they fix it tonight? Frank Reich, Nathaniel Hackett, the head-scratching calls with these two as well. Mina Kimes, a lot to unpack. Who needs a win more tonight? Who's more likely to get it? Well, the Colts obviously need one more because we need the win more rather because of their record. But as far as who wins this uniquely depressing horse race, I'm going to go with Denver (laughs) Um, because while both of these quarterbacks have struggled in their new homes, at least the Broncos offense has shown glimmers of being explosive. Whereas when you watch the Colts, something appears to be fundamentally broken. And what that is, Tony, shockingly, is their offensive line, which has long been a strength of this team. But they rank 26th in ESPN's pass block win rate metric. And get this, last in the NFL in yards before contact per carry. Even when Jonathan Taylor was playing, he never had a chance. I don't see them getting right against a Denver defense that has held up its end of the bargain. Long been the strength of this team, you said. The offensive line for Indy. Tim Kalisha, long been the strength of your show predictions. You had Indy going to the Super Bowl this year. No mutes yet. No mutes yet. Let's don't turn into a mob. Let me explain something here about this specifically. Denver needs the win more because Denver plays in a division with Kansas City and better teams. Indianapolis can win that division if they can get to nine wins. So for tonight, Denver needs it more, and I'm not distancing myself from a team I may have picked to go to the Super Bowl. The other team I picked, by the way, is undefeated in the NFC. You want to bring them. But anyway, Colts with Matt Ryan, I thought they'd have a little solidity, you know, just solidify things. Carson Wentz is gone. Matt Ryan will be a stabilizing factor. You mentioned it. Nine fumbles. Even if he's only lost three, those other six plays aren't great plays, plus five interceptions. And they don't, once you take Jonathan Taylor away from that offense, what, what are they? They're throwing the ball to Pittman. And, and praying. I don't, I don't see how they win. But you're standing by your prediction. This is a team that could still... There's time, to, there's time to fix things. We're barely in October. Harry Lyles Jr. 
You know, in Tim's defense, I do think that there's time to fix the things that are wrong in Indianapolis, but I think the Broncos need this win more tonight, and I think that they're also going to get it. It's a short week. To me, with Indianapolis, what is shocking with them, like Mina said, is their offensive line play. That was something that has carried them when you don't have Jonathan Taylor playing. I don't know how they're going to score. The Broncos have the better quarterback play. They have the better defense. I just think on a short week like this, they're going to be able to piece it together in a way that Indianapolis is not going to be able to, which, mind you, they tied the Texans in a game that looks worse by the week, and they only beat the Chiefs because a bunch of special teams blunders. This is a team that could easily be winless right now. So to me, I think Denver is going to be the team to pull through today. Pablo Torre. Yeah, I came into this wanting to laugh at Russell Wilson being dead last in terms of red zone mm-hmm. scoring. Like, they're terrible, terrible offense. The Broncos are when it comes to where it matters, but now I just have to make fun of Tim. I mean, Tim, the abstract notion of time is your best defense for why it is that this pick actually might not be terrible. I mean, this team is dead last in points per game. They are second to last in expected points added per offensive play. They have 20% of their drives resulting in turnovers. Yes, this team that is broken and also just god-awful. That's the answer, I think, to the question. You drill down on the offensive line, Mina, with Indianapolis, but what's Frank Reich's path to solving it this season? Yeah, it's really complicated because um, while left tackle has been is the obvious glaring issue, Matt Pryor has been starting for them. That's been a problem for a while. The rest of the offensive line has largely been the same. These are guys who have been good in past seasons. Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith. Um, something that I think might help is a little bit more deception in the run game because when you watch them, it's very apparent the defenses are keyed in on what they plan on doing, which is why Jonathan Taylor takes so many of those hits in the backfield. All right, picks for tonight. Is that clean sweep? Everybody's got Denver, the home team. On the short week in Thursday Night Football, it seems like yes. that's the recipe. Yeah. We'll move yeah. on. NBA Warriors preseason fight. We have very little visibility into this, except the Athletics' Sham Sharania report about a heated interaction. Draymond Green forcibly striking Jordan Poole. The two needed to be separated. That's all we know as far as details. Don't even know where Green punched this time. Conjecture about Jordan Poole's contract status, and Green's for that matter. Poole about to get paid, and the Eagles involved. There's some of that, but here's what we do know. The champs are fighting in the preseason, Pablo. How bad is it? Could it be normal? Could it be good? Should the Warriors suspend Green for it? Tony, I think the Warriors can make this as big or as small a problem as they want, honestly. Mm. When I heard that this happened, I was kind of numb to it, not because punching a teammate is not an explosive, ridiculous thing to do, but simply because Draymond Green, A, is a guy who got suspended in the NBA Finals. Okay, this is baked into his character, right? Recklessness, chaos, that is who Draymond Green is. Of course, I understand the money aspect of this. Jordan Poole is going to make nine figures on this rookie extension. Draymond wants some of that money, but they have a coach, Tony, in Steve Kerr, who has personally been punched in the face by a teammate of his own. If they want to spin this and make this something to laugh off, I think they can. They just all need to be on the same page, and that's the question. Do Jordan Poole and Draymond Green really hate each other to the point where they can't even fake it for the media? Of course, you're talking about Michael Jordan punching Steve Kerr, which means you're comparing Draymond Green to Michael Jordan in that scenario. Harry Lyles Jr., how about you? (laughs) Look, just given what we know, we know that Draymond Green has been an instigator on the court, but he's also an emotional leader on this team. He is somebody that everybody looks to. He is somebody that's going to hold 
everybody accountable. Jordan Poole, very big personality. He's somebody that you could definitely see is going to push Draymond Green's buttons to a point where perhaps he could be there on the wrong end of a punch. That doesn't necessarily mean that he deserves that. I think this is probably going to be a situation, again, just given what we know, Draymond Green will pull him for a chat. He'll be like, hey, listen, this is the reason why I did that. I went overboard. They will continue to progress as they will and make another push towards the So final. you say no big deal. Tim Kalish, how about you? Yeah. I think it's hard for them to, to play it down. I, I, I don't think a suspension is a bad idea. I think it's difficult for Jordan Poole, who's much more the future of that franchise than Draymond Green, to go to practice and say, well, Draymond Green can lose his mind, he can hit me, and this team is going to do absolutely nothing about it. That's a tough frame of mind to carry on with you. All of, those, all of us who love to watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and this great show they put on have come to terms with the fact this team gets emotion and energy from Draymond Green, and he does it by going over the line numerous times during the regular season and playoffs. The problem is when you're doing it in practice against your own guys, that can't contribute to anything. You know, I actually don't think this problem is going away or that it's easily solved by the Warriors, maybe in the short term, but the underlying tension, which we've all talked about here, is the money. The fact that we all know, everybody knows there's not enough money to go around on this team right now between Draymond, Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins, and it's not an easy solve. It is one that could potentially hang over this entire season. The Warriors ecosystem has always been the most stable thing in sports. It's survived a lot. This one's going to be a Do you think a suspension a is worthy here for Draymond Green then, Mina Combs? I don't. I honestly just practice the timing of it. Um, it seems a little Tim, bit. Tim, you do. Pablo, suspension? Yeah, I would say they don't have to suspend him. I would say that Draymond Green, by the way, is somebody who once hit LeBron James in the aforementioned example in the groin and then got invited to his wedding. So bridge <laughs> under troubled water is a mode that Draymond's whole friend circle seems to embrace. Thank Alisha. I just think to bring a little stability to the team, it doesn't. There's 82 games. If you suspend Draymond for the opener, it doesn't cost you anything for the season, and maybe it sends the right message to the team. Mm-hmm. All right, there's your horn. Here's your break. Fire sell next. Pablo Torre in the lead. 20, but the time, the time Kalisha speaks of could be what comes up and catches up to him in Fire Cell. Mm-hmm. Wise man once said. Yeah. A lot of time. The Horn is presented by the refreshing taste of Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc. A tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Chase. We are off for the baseball playoffs, which start tomorrow. So here it is, preview extravaganza. And we start with the new format for the postseason, what used to be one game winner take all wild card, now a three game series, all at the home of the team with the better regular season record. Phillies at Cardinals, Padres at Mets. Guardians hosting Rays, Blue Jays hosting Mariners, Dodgers, Atlanta, Astros, Yankees lying in wait. Tim, around the horn to you. New format, three-gamer, all in one location. Buy or sell? I'm going to buy it. I don't think it's too bad. I'm going to give it about a B minus. I didn't hate the one-game wild cards. I know a lot of people did, but if you didn't win your division, hey, you, you don't deserve anything. You go play a wild card game. If you don't win it, you go home. Expanding to 12 is all right, and I like the fact that there's no travel. It, they're all in one city. If you're Cleveland or St. Louis, you won your division, you at least get mm. to play at home. So you like and, and you gotta be bad. Yeah, there's I, no I, I don't hate it. It's not bad. Harry Lowell's Jr., how about you? Yeah, I'm buying it. It's fine. I'm kind of indifferent on the first wild card round just because the NLDS and NLCS are more entertaining anyways. The teams, you know, if you don't want to have to play three games on the road, win more games, win your division, whatever, it's fine. But to me, I'm just not too concerned about the early rounds that Major League Baseball playoffs, honestly, especially since my Atlanta Braves. Uh, all right, thank you it, very so much. Yes, he's not too concerned. Pablo hmm. Torre, how about you? Tony, make no mistake, I buy this because I like chaos. This is still very much March Madness. 162 games reduced to three. It's still crazy. And so the people who sell this, though, are the top seeds. There is no reseeding in this new format. That's a key detail. If I'm the Astros or the Dodgers, I don't want to play the four seed. Give me the three seed because actually the three seed is weaker in this field than those fours. Check out the brackets. So that's unfortunate for them. Mina Kimes. I'm buying it. I mean, personally, as a Mariners fan, I don't like it. The fact that the team uh, just overcame a 20-plus year drought and then now doesn't get to play any of the games at home. It stinks, yep. but it is fair. It's a fair reward, I think, for the seeds. And also, I'll add this, home field advantage in the early rounds of the playoffs is very, very slim, so I don't think it'll impact the results that much. The Mets plan here, let's talk about that. Reportedly, Buck Walter to hold Jacob DeGraw maybe even through the entire wildcard round. Max Scherzer game one. If they win, Chris Bassett game two. If they win, then DeGrom would be game one of the DS. If they lose one of those games, or the first game, let's say, DeGrom could start two. If they lose the second game, DeGrom could start three. But they're trying to have him fresh, keep him fresh. They're thinking about the NLDS already, Pablo. Buy or sell this decision. Tony, I very reluctantly buy this. Reluctance because if I'm the Padres, this is wildly insulting. But I buy it because this is how much I and the Mets apparently respect the Dodgers, the clear best team in baseball to me. 
And if I fear them, yes, I want three of those five games should I be lucky enough to survive the chaos to be with my two best pitchers, absolutely. Harry Lyles Jr.? Yeah, if I see this correctly, I, I'm buying it as well because in the elimin or at least in the wild card, if you have to get DeGrom and Scherzer in an elimination game, you'll be able to do that while also hoping that you will get DeGrom for games one and five in the NLDS against the Dodgers. And those are guys that you're going to absolutely have to have if you're going to have any chance to beat LA. Jim Kalish, are they thinking too much about the NLDS before the wild card round? I'm I'm always a little worried about Buck thinking a little too much. He still has Zach Britton ready to go in Baltimore <laughs> after 12 innings okay. from like 10 years ago. So, but I think this one makes sense. I think it's okay that there's a different way to pitch to Grom, and they they, they want to win the World Series. They want to win 13 games. That's going to take a long time. They're trying to limit his innings. Mina Kimes. I'm buying it. Well, I'm selling what it did to my brain, which is take me back to SAT logic, trying to figure out how this would play <laughs> out. But I'm buying it strategically because it does make sense. The upside advantage of potentially getting to ground for two starts is worth it. All right, let's get the picks in now. Wild card round. Bring the bracket in again. I have to be able to do. I mean, I know this is going to be over in a weekend. Come Monday, points or mutes. Mina, who should feel best going in? Um, I, I like the Mets, uh, but partly because I do like the strategy, strategy we talked about earlier. I think they'll be fine, and I think they match up well um, overall. You know, they've outscored them by 40 runs over the last month. I think those two pitchers are just so dominant they'll get out of it. Tim Kalisha? I think the Cleveland Guardians, maybe the hottest team in baseball. They went 24-6 and six down the stretch to run away with that division. They played the Stephen Kwan's been great against Tampa Bay. They got Bieber and McKenzie ready to go. They'll, we'll be talking about Cleveland next. Harry Lyles Jr. I'm going Mets, especially if DeGrom, Scherzer, Alonzo, and Lindor are playing well. I think that they could make a run, obviously, until they run into those Atlanta Braves, because we know... Uh, you are really leaning in hard, young man, yeah, over what happened just last week. Rightfully so. But you're really leaning in hard in your analysis. Pablo Torre, how about you? Tony, I came into this ready to talk about the Blue Jays, ready to talk about how the Blue Jays are being overlooked because the Mariners are such a good story. But then Mina comes in and is clearly too afraid to jinx her team. And that, to me, is a little sad. <laughs> I mean, the Mariners, come on. Mina, he's Draft putting you right on the spot here. I the am Mets? not going to you went talk with the about Mets? the team that you allude to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We won't, we won't. I mean, we will just acknowledge the record after a certain first pitch went a certain way. And have they made a phone call to somebody for a first pitch in the future? We, I mean, you can only hope. You're not gonna, you're not even gonna mention their name. Okay. Mita Kimes, Harry Lyles Jr. That'll be uh, it for them. Tim Kalashaw, Pablo Torre showdown. Next. Time. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Around the Horn is presented by the refreshing taste of Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Tim Kalashaw, Pablo Torre renewing an old rivalry, and we start with NBA expansion talk. Not sure if you heard, Clippers owner Steve Ballmer endorses Seattle. If you don't have uh, the volume up, turn it up real quick. It's hard to hear. I am so excited! Yes, he is. And LeBron <laughs> saying he thinks Vegas deserves a team. I want the team here, Adam. Thank you very much. Tim, how does it all come off to you? It comes off weird. Uh, of LeBron, he still plays for the Lakers. He still wants to win a title for the Lakers. And he's talking about where he wants a team to be, and he wants to be part of the ownership group. I just think it's too early for him to be doing that. Pablo? Well, look, it's never too early for LeBron to flex his muscles when he knows what he wants. And Adam Silver, I think, is like eager to give it to him. My prediction, Tony, is that everybody knows, the NBA knows, ESPN knows, more LeBron is good business. To never have to contemplate an NBA without LeBron James in it feels like a pretty good business strategy as much as Seattle got done wrong. All right, so Seattle and Vegas, though, you both believe those are locked in to be the teams and there's no debate on this? All right. That's where I think That's I am with this, too. Yeah. Points, Tim Kalashaw and Pablo Torre. Showdown 2 NBA preseason. Check out the new rule. The first technical for bench player on the court celebrating. Thomas Bryant, look at his face. What did I do? What did I do? How do you think this rule is going to go over, Pablo? Technicals for being on the court celebrating. Who do... Why? Who do these laws protect? Like, what's the point of this? I understand that back in the day, you'd want to keep guys on the bench to prevent chaos from ensuing, but it feels like the spirit of the law here is a pretty easy out, and they're enforcing the letter in the preseason because they were told it's a point of emphasis. I do not understand it. Seems like it's totally unnecessary and probably just a problem. This is largely the Dallas Mavericks rule and the Theo Pinson rule after last year's playoffs, and they were a little bit out of control being out on the floor, trash-talking, with the opposing team. I oh, think no. you need to rein that in. But these are seven-footers sitting on these tiny chairs, yes. and when they get up to a yes. point of basket, they're going to be on the court. There's no room to go anywhere else. So they're going to step <laughs> right in and bounce. The idea that, that there's a Theo long. Pinson rule in the NBA is wonderful. That's, I'll give point to that. We'll move on. Aaron Judge, not sure if you heard, he had a good year. But he didn't win the Triple Crown, and everyone who was giving him MVP for being in the run hunt for a triple crown. Well, let me just show you this graphic, all right? Look at the years and look at the stats here that we have to go back to for what Shohei Otani did. 130 years, and they're not even close to what he did this year, registering for all stats as a batter and a pitcher. Tim, who you got for MVP? Otani did make people forget Jack Stivitz. I, I realized that. And what he did this year was <laughs> remarkable. But I'll be the, I'll be the guy. I'll, be the, I'll play the old guy. I don't know, know how. But the guy who says if you play for a good team and it's close, you probably get it over the guy who plays for a terrible team. Aaron Judge won the home run title by 22. He almost won the triple crown. Give it to Aaron Pablo? Judge. 
I want. I do want to know at some point, Tim, what it was like to cover Jack Stivitz in person. I'm fascinated as to that man's history. Didn't talk. But about I will point this games. out. I am a Yankee homer who is Asian American. I feel like I am split down the middle, like Shohei Otani myself. But Aaron Judge <laughs> blew away everybody. He is the. Right. I wasn't expecting this, Pablo Torre. Are they going to take your your card away at MIT for for arguing against I, I, Shohei Otani <laughs> here? Oh wow. Wow. Point, Tim Kalashaw. The math problem. Showdown four. We got time. Let's go for it. Aliens come down from space. space. What's baseball, Tony? This is what I would show them. I'll show them the Vogt children introducing their dad in his last game. And then Stephen Vogt, 10-year career, two-time All-Star, ending his career with a home run. Look at his reaction. Look at everybody's reaction. Pablo, is this the greatest finale ever? Tony, it might be because I have never before appreciated the concept of not embarrassing yourself in front of your kids like I do now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm impressed. It doesn't always have to be how Dirk finishes his career, Kobe or Bill Russell. Sometimes it's how Stephen Vogt finishes his career. And he's got his kids up there. Hits a home run. That was perfect. Even vote rule. That's a finale for Tim Kalashaw and a win. I want to talk about Bond, James Bond. You may have read in the Daily Mirror this morning, who doesn't start their day with that, that a producer says (laughs) the next James Bond needs to be an actor in his 30s. What a ridiculous idea. Sean Connery was in his 40s when he did Diamonds Are Forever in his 50s for Never Say Never Again. Daniel Craig, the second best Bond, was in his 50s. Don't rule out Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, and Tom Hiddleston just because they're not 32 years old. Let's hear it for some people with little age on them. <laughs> you could Nothing play Bond, Kalisha. Yeah, like, the man with the golden hair dryer, right? They know where to find me.